Before we even get into it, I just want to give a warning. There is going to be some graphic content. There's going to be some blood and gore, as well as some blasphemy. They've always obviously used satanic images and symbols and messages. Welcome to the Harder Than Rock podcast, your podcast dedicated to heavy metal and hard rock. Well, I'm only up to the second episode and I'm making some major changes to the podcast. Due to only having a few hours of time to work on podcasts, I'm going to eliminate the news and review section of the podcast. I will keep the heavy fucking history and the Molten Metal Timeline segments, since I already have most of the research completed for those segments. So with that, this podcast will move into a more history-slash-music-based show, of course, with some killer heavy metal music. I will keep it eclectic and heavy. Keep in mind that heavy is not only music, but heavy can be lyrical content, too. Alright, now that the housekeeping is completed, let's get on with it. This is Episode 2, Never Say Die. Let's get things started off right with a little Slayer and a song called Piano Wire, followed up by an alternate version of Onslaught's Contract in Blood. Here and now, raise the flag as it 
What's interesting to note here is the mix of the use of the red-horned Satan with, with the pitchfork and the skull and death symbolism with this occultic symbolism. <laughs> bands, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Jim Morrison, and the rest of them have literally sold their soul for Satan. The Molten Metal Timeline. Okay, it's time for the Molten Metal Timeline. Let's go back 30 years to see what was happening in the heavy metal and hard rock world. Don't worry, we'll be covering the years prior to 1986 in heavy fucking history. Alright, get your jean jackets on and your high tops ready. Let's go back to 1986. 1986 was a killer year for metal and music in general. Many great bands formed in 1986, and three of those bands were Primus, Prong, and Bolt Thrower. 1986 was a fucking great year for album releases also. Many of my favorite albums of all time released in 1986. Let's see, first and foremost, Slayer's Rain and Blood and Metallica's Master of Puppets were released in 86. Where would metal be without those albums? Flotsam and Jetsam's masterpiece, Doomsday for the Deceiver, Megadeth's Peace Sells and Who's Buying, and Iron Maiden's Somewhere in Time were all born in 1986, as well as Metal Church's The Dark. 
and one underrated and not that well-known band released one of my favorite albums of all time. The band is Onslaught, and the album is called The Force. Let's listen to some of the sounds of 1986. Up first is Wasted Years by Iron Maiden, followed by an alternate version of Flotsam and Jetsam's Doomsday for the Deceiver.
Yes, Iron Maiden does use Illuminati symbolism. They are part of this satanic cabal that runs the entertainment industry.
old Satanism, 666, Red Horn Satan. Heavy fucking history. Heavy fucking history, part one. Okay, we left off last episode with Black Sabbath, entering the studio to record their masterpiece, Paranoid. Paranoid sounded much like their first album. What was different about Paranoid was the lyrical theme of the songs. Paranoid was much more tangible lyrically than Black Sabbath's first album. Their first album was more supernatural or spiritually based. The songs on Paranoid are about life, drug addiction, war, and also injustice. Although the song Black Sabbath off the Paranoid album may be one of their most mystical or spiritual songs. In the short time between the writing and recording of the first album and Paranoid, Black Sabbath's musical ability was amplified, pardon the pun, and Geezer Butler, who was their primary lyricist, was able to tap into society at that point in time and was able to become some sort of spokesman for many. Black Sabbath sung about peace and love, but not in the same way as the love generation did. Black Sabbath just wanted the bloodbath to end. The songs Paranoid and Iron Man were somewhat successful and both nearly broke into the U.S. Top 40. The new lyrical direction of the band brought even more listeners to Black Sabbath, which added to their number of fans that they had gained with their first record. The strength of the album, particularly the song Paranoid, led to Black Sabbath's second album reaching the number one spot in Britain and to number eight in the United States. As the 1960s era rock and roll was dying a horrible death, new fans of rock and roll and those left over from the experiment of the 1960s were drawn into the band and their new form of music. It was like moths to a flame. All right, back to the metal. Here's Megadeth with Set the World Afire, followed up with an alternate version of Overkill's Never Say Never.
still today and in days past satan these satanic covens these cults are giving people power within the entertainment industry <laughs> Satan, I paid my dues playing in a rocking band. Heavy fucking history. Heavy fucking history, part two. To many heavy metal bands, Black Sabbath and the Paranoid album is the base or the starting point of the heavy metal genre. It is a rallying cry and is glue that tightly binds heavy metal together. In the words of Rob Halford of Judas Priest, it, as in Paranoid, really secures everything about the metal movement together. Black Sabbath and Paranoid is the demarcation line into the land of heavy metal. Rock and roll, as known by those from the 1950s and 60s era of rock music, was dead, and the new order of rock and roll was being created out of the bloated corpse of the 1960s rock and the peace and love movements. The followers of the new rock and roll, and probably the band themselves, were probably unaware that a new era of rock and roll was at hand. Not just metal, but crotch rock, hard rock, and other forms of rock and roll. Soon after the rise of Black Sabbath, emulators influenced by Sabbath sprouted up in many places of the world. Some survived, but most didn't. Some bands attempted to recreate Sabbath, copy them, or play Sabbath songs expecting success. But oftentimes, success eluded those bands. Alright, back to the metal. Here is Judas Priest with Hellbent for Leather, followed up by an alternate version of Iron Maiden's Brave New World. Yeah. 
this is Eddie, this demon, devil thing, skull that's possessed. I have seen many things in a lifetime alone. Mother love is no who are rebellious outlaws who continue in their sin and do not repent will end up in the lake of fire heavy fucking history heavy fucking history part three what is heavy heavy was initially used to describe the lyrical content or the emotions triggered by songs or bands so in 1960 speak hendrix the doors and the beatles etc were considered heavy after black sabbath heavy became the definition of a musical style loud and aggressive music how did the term metal and heavy metal come to be? Well, there's conjecture, just who and when metal came to be used. But heavy and metal describe Black Sabbath and those bands who followed them in the heavy metal genre. Metal was heavy, hard, unbreakable, resilient, and offered protection from the bullets fired from the rifle of life and its expectations. Black Sabbath were the creators, the supreme beings in the religion of heavy metal. Heavy metal was complex, but simplistic at the same time. It is crazy, but it's the most sane. It's a maelstrom, but at the same time, the eye of the hurricane. 
Heavy Metal was life itself and has offered solace to many metalheads since the movement began. Heavy Metal is here and has been here since Sabbath, and I hope it never dies. Never say die. Well, we might as well listen to some Black Sabbath. Here is Sabbath with Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and Iced Earth's cover of Black Sabbath. And after that, a little surprise for you, an alternate version of Black Sabbath's Paranoid by the band Hell Songs, and it's not what you expect.
uh, there is a spiritual war, war going on. There will be potentialities for uh, summoning demonic portals.
because ultimately it's an it's a deception and uh, you will be spiritually damned and destroyed and have no idea that there is a spiritual reality. And this stuff is, in fact, invoking demonic principalities in your life. Well, that's it for the second episode of Harder Than Rock. I am Dano, and thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, ideas, and so on, please email me at dannonpodcast at aol.com. That is D-A-N-N-O-N podcast at aol.com. Keep an eye out for the next episode of Harder Than Rock coming out soon. I have another podcast called Against All Gods. It's available on iTunes and Podbean. I would appreciate you subscribing to both if you like the podcast. I'm going to leave you with Exodus and the song Lunatic Parade.